You're listening to The Sick Room Show, episode number 305. In this episode, I talk to Colin Boyd about why speaking is selling. Welcome to The Sick Room Show. I'm your host, Sick Room, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak with Colin Boyd, who helps entrepreneurs become more influential by helping them discover new levels of confidence and skill in how they communicate their ideas on any stage or platform. And basically, how to speak to sell. Colin is a certified professional speaker, performance coach, NLP practitioner, and has a business degree. Let's dive in and learn why speaking is selling. Go to sign.com forward slash 305, and there you find links to Colin Boyd and the show notes of this episode. I am so excited to be here back with Colin Boyd, who has already been on the show and is coming back with some juicy content for us. Welcome back, Colin. Thanks, Sigrun. It's so great to be here. (laughs) So, Colin, we were together in a mastermind, and I remember when I heard you first speak and share what you did, I was like, hey, this guy can really help you. Uh, figure out what to say that you can sell from stage, from webinar, anything. And you didn't see it yourself. Yes. So I, I really do have to thank you, Sigrun, because my background is I was a traditional professional speaker who would come and get paid a fee and speak at a large corporation or a conference. And I never saw myself as an actual salesperson on stage. I always saw myself as a speaker. And this transition that happened probably over the last three years for me at, at a deeper level, I guess I really have to attribute it to you. And so I wanted to, I wanted to thank you because it has started a transformational journey in myself and in my business. And it's so funny how, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why masterminds are so powerful is because you get to see yourself in a way that you don't see yourself. And sometimes the, the, what do they call it, where it's you're unconscious to the obvious. And so when people see it on you, it's like this awakening within you and you think, wow, I never actually saw that. And then as it sits more and more, it just gets uh, more and more true. So I appreciate that, Sigrid. And I got to share that while you were in this transition and you hadn't fully kind of transitioned yet, because in September... 2017, so that's already a while back, one and a half years ago when we're recording this episode, I was doing my first live event. And I I did not think of getting a help or, you know, hiring someone to help me. I thought, well, I can do an event. Like I come from corporate where I had maybe done smaller events with a group of clients. So I didn't think much of it. I'd been a Dale Carnegie trainer, so I had no problem standing in front of loads of people. Even in my graduation, uh, I was speaking in front of hundreds of people with my uh, master's thesis. Uh, So I was like, I don't need any help. And the closer the event got, I was like, 
hmm, maybe maybe I need to actually get some help on on designing this experience. And uh, Colin was the guy that I turned to, and in half an hour we mapped out uh, a two day life event and. I had not planned to sell anything, but you encouraged me to do so. And we designed the content in a way that it kind of was automatic. It didn't feel like selling, which was really key to me because I was like, I have told people that this is a free event. It's included in, uh, you know, being a part of somebody you come to Signal Life. And and I was like, I'm, I, I don't want them to feel that this is a sales event because we've gone to events like that. It's like, look, you know, we just feel like, oh, you lured me into this room so you could sell me something. I'm like, I don't want them to feel like that. And it was not like that at all. And I sold for 170000 in one day, thanks to Colin. Hey, that's a good day, 170000 I think most people probably listening would take that for a day's work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's fascinating because... For me, I, I really see myself as someone who's teaching the new generation to speak and sell on stages because I think there's been a generation beforehand, which is kind of what you were alluding to, of the classic sell from stage speaker who would come and it would just feel it just feels icky. It feels manipulative. It feels like you get no value and it's just really pushy. And you end up if you end up buying it, because they do sell, right? The stuff works. But if they, you do end up buying it, you get this like cognitive dissonance after it and you almost, it's almost like buying a timeshare. It's like you kind of regret buying it later on. Yes, yes. Uh, no, but it felt so easy and natural. And, um, and there were like certain things about how to structure the day that I had not kind of thought about. And we have still, I've run three events with the same format and it's just now... I tweak it and it's interesting because I thought I had to find so much content to put into the day, but that was not the case. Like you have to just have the story that you start with and then you were kind of like, you have to interact with the audience and, you know, get them to kind of be a part of this experience. And it's not just about me. And, you know, actually one comment that I read from our last event recently and I wanted to share with you is that, this event wasn't about Sigrun. I was worried it was about her and how she would be like, you know, amazing and what she's done. But the event was about us. Wow. That is such a great comment because, um, I, I mean, for me, I don't like to see it as a presentation. It's, it's a conversation. And so even that conversation, even though it's usually one way most of the time, you do get some interaction from the audience. But I want them to feel like as if it's a conversation about them. And I think that, Amateur speakers think that it's about getting up and filling the air with words and their focus is on themselves where professional speakers know that the focus is on the audience and it feels like a conversation. Like if you've ever gone to some, seen some incredible speakers, even if you're in an audience of 10,000 people, it, it feels like they're talking to you and there's that, that resonance. It feels like you're sitting in their living room, having a glass of wine and just having a conversation with fire on and, and they're just telling you their stories. And that's how a good presentation should feel. And so that's excellent feedback. I love that, Sigrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so coming to your transition of actually realizing that you're good at this and this is your natural gift and uh, you have the experience from all that speaking, uh, you have come up with some strategies. Like how do you, how do you teach someone who says, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm now doing an event or, or a webinar, I think, 
it really doesn't matter. Although an event is a little bit longer in time, speaking to sell or, or how to tell a story that you actually sell at the end, what's the secret? Yeah. So uh, there's, I mean, there's quite a lot to it, but for me, one of the biggest things is, first of all, I like to look at if you've got a particular offer or a vehicle that you're trying to sell, like let's say you're selling online business or you're selling, like let's say I'm selling the fact that getting on a stage, whether it be a webinar or a live stage is one of the fastest way to grow your business. I take that as a vehicle, right? And I look at what are the, first of all, I like to look at what are the general held beliefs that might get in the way to someone buying into that vehicle. And so for online business, it might be that, you know, online business is like hard to do. You need to be techie. Like that might be a general held belief for speaking and selling on stage. It's, it's that, um, that speaking is actually about entertainment. It's about education. And so for me, I look at like, what are the general held beliefs that are going to get in the way of someone saying yes to the offer or the vehicle that I'm selling? And then I basically flip them. So it's like that thought reversal process. And so for me, when people join my program, there are two core beliefs that they have to believe. And this is what I've kind of found. And for you, I want you to think about with your offer, what are the two, it might be one, two or three core beliefs that they have to believe for them to say yes to the offer. So for me, it is that speaking isn't about education. It's not about entertainment. That speaking is selling. And not selling as in like you just selling something, but speaking as a fundamental is selling. Like your background's in corporate, right, Sigrun? When you went to another department, right, and you had to have a conversation with them to get them on board with a project, that is not really, like we call it a meeting, but really it's a sales conversation to get the other department on board because you know that if you don't get them on board, they're going to probably work with some other department and you're not going to get any resource, right? And so if you're not selling a product and you're in corporate, like every time you speak, you're selling, you're selling an idea, you're selling a concept. And so when I had this revelation that speaking just in general is selling, even if you're not actually making, making an offer at the end, it is selling. And so that's the first belief that my audience have to have around that, that speaking is selling. The second belief, and, I, and this is probably the most powerful, is that selling is serving. Because we have this correlation with selling of being like maybe sleazy or pushy or uncomfortable. And this was probably the biggest revelation that I've had over the last couple of years is that I was looking at, you know, even think about yourself, Sigrun, like look at your audience. Think about the people who have had the biggest breakthroughs. Are they the people who have downloaded a free lead magnet or the people who have done your higher level mastermind groups? Like which ones are they? People that have generally invested more in themselves. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. And so the people who are, who are willing to buy in and to transact, and it's not, even, they're not, it's not even about giving money to you. It's about you're creating a space for them to commit to themselves at a greater level. You're saying, hey, this is a space that I have created for you. And all the content's there, all the, all the stuff works, but this is a space that I'm holding for you. And if you're willing to commit to yourself on a greater level, then I'll show up for you and we're going to see transformation together. And so until someone, until you actually sell something to someone, you can't truly serve them. Like you can't serve them at their greatest level because a transaction, especially if you talk about business, a transaction is part of that transformation. 
And so it's part of the whole process of them transforming as a person, as a business owner and, and all that sort of stuff. So, so the, the revelation is that selling is actually part of your serving and it's a core part of, and you can't fully serve someone until you actually sell them something. Mm, that's great. So everyone has to find those beliefs that, or these, let's say the myths or the wrong, wrong beliefs that people have about their industry or their vehicle. And then you have to come up with a new one, exchange it. Yes. You basically exchange it and you have to prove it and you prove that. I mean, usually you prove a point through telling a story. So stories are probably one of the most powerful ways to influence people. I mean, right from, you look at generation to generation, um, culture is passed through story. Religion is passed through story. Like everything's passed through story. And so when you can find a story and this is, this is a big revelation that I had recently is that the whole purpose of a story is to transfer a belief. So the whole purpose of you telling any story in your webinar in your live presentation is to transfer a belief that is more resourceful than the belief that they're believing now. And so when we talk about signature stories, a lot of the time people, they just, Oh, I just want to tell my story. And yeah, that's great. Like that's level one, but level two is you ask yourself, what is the belief or the epiphany that I want to transfer to my audience? And what is the story that extrapolates that belief where that can be transferred. And so usually it's what was the moment that you had that one revelation that when this audience, when your audience gets that one revelation and you tell the story, when they get that revelation, they'll actually say yes to your offer. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's say someone is preparing a webinar. Let's not do a live event because not everyone is doing a live event, but most people will do a webinar. So they've come up with these beliefs that they want to transfer or change and, and, and the new beliefs that actually bring them. But where does this fit in? Is this just the story of the webinar or are there any special steps to it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's kind of three parts to any presentation. There is the opening, which is like the introduction. And so the purpose of the opening is to touch people's hearts. And so when you, what I mean by touching people's hearts, it is, you basically have to show them that you understand them. So you do that through identifying, Hey, this webinar is for people who are in business, who want to be in online business, who are entrepreneurial, who are, so you create this like identification piece, right? You have to show also that the content you're about to talk about is going to be very, not only relevant, but powerful for them. And you do that by talking to what are the challenges that they would be experiencing in your topic? And so let's say with if it's online business, the challenges could be, you know, it could be designing a business, planning a business, having a vision, knowing the actual technical bits that connect together. Um, so like they could be all the, all the challenges and then you flip it and you basically say, you know, this is what most people want in an online business. They want it to be profitable. They want it to be easy. They want it to be flexible. They want it to, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so as long as you're identifying what are their drivers for why they turned up, they're going to go, well, you know, this person really gets me. They understand me. I feel motivated for it. And you will also share your signature story there. So right at the start, you're sharing your signature story in that opening piece. The second piece is the content and the content can be made up of a few of a few things. Usually I'll do a blend of uh, like you could do three big myths that people believe about online business. 
And you could basically look at those three big myths and then like reverse them and prove them. And they could be the three core beliefs that they have to believe to say yes to your offer. And so that could be the actual content piece. So you could do three big myths. And then personally, I always like to do a bit of a framework. So I'll do some sort of big process or big sort of framework. And that's the content piece. And that is, so the content piece is about shifting people's minds. It's about really shifting their thinking so that they get to a place to actually say yes to their offer, to the offer. And the last piece is moving their feet. So the conclusion is about moving their feet. And that's about providing the offer, motivating them, you know, all the various pieces of actually creating an offer and actually, you know, um, getting people to say yes to your program. So mapping that out and, and the fast acting bonuses and all that sort of stuff that we talk about. So does that make sense? Yeah. But the biggest problem I see is that people overload the content part of it. And then they come so late to the offer that they rush through it. That's also a bit the panic mode, especially for beginners in, in online business who haven't sold on a webinar before, but they rush through the offer. But the content is too heavy. Like, how do you know what to teach and how much to teach? Because too much content generally does not lead to sales. No, no. So the goal is think about it like, you want to serve a decadent meal for them. So have you ever gone to one of those like fancy restaurants and you have like, you know, the three or four courses and you finish and you're like, I'm still hungry. Do you want to pop by the burger, the burger joint on the way home? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's basically what you want to happen because if you give too much practical content in the webinar, especially if it's a sales webinar, they're going to finish the webinar and go, well, I am so full. Like I've had an all you can eat buffet I'm exhausted. I feel a little bit sick and overwhelmed. And there's no way that I'm stopping by the, the burger joint on the way home. And so uh, with your content, you want to ask yourself, uh, what is the content that I need for them to say a congruent and integrate yes to the offer that I'm providing? Now, sometimes people have this thing that comes up in their head. They're like, yeah, but is that even valuable? We call it a masterclass. We call it a webinar. And we're like, am I even providing value for the audience? And this is one of the revelations I think you need to have is that helping people to come to a decision is value. And so we think value is all of the how-to content. But I don't know about you, how many, I know for me, especially when I first started my business, how many free coffees I would have and people would want to pick my brain. And I would actually give them like all the how-to. Do you know how many of them actually implemented it? <laughs> Like zero, right? Probably nobody. No one. Yeah. They don't do anything with it because they haven't actually made a congruent decision that this is where they want to go and this is what they want to do. And so the whole purpose of a free training that sells is to help people to come to a congruent yes or no. It's totally fine. If they say no, that's totally fine. But it's if they can come to a congruent yes of this is what I want to do, then you actually get the opportunity to truly serve them with all of the how content and all the application. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess it's still like, okay, how much content? How is, what, what is too much? What is too little? Usually I like to do about three points. So if, if I've got three points and one framework or one sort of bigger process, that's enough. And the three points could be mistakes they could be myths, they could be concepts or ideas that I want to teach. I find that if you go too much into the how, the practical, which is what I call equipping their hands, if you equip their hands too much, they're going to get to the end and they're going to be full. 
And so they're not going to want to stop by and actually make, you know, the real purchase. And so the other one is you could, five's a good number, I find. Like if you're teaching five points and then you've got no framework, you just go straight into the cell. Five's usually a good number because generally if you've got an hour webinar, you're going to do about a 10 to 15 minute introduction. Uh, you're going to do about 20 minutes of content, 25 minutes max. And then it's going to be about 10 to 15 minute offer at the end. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So you have a certain, uh, let's say a framework on how to do this. We were talking before, just before I hit the record button of, of levels. Can we dive a little bit into that? Yeah. So there's like a journey that people go on. I call it the speak and sell journey. And basically this is the journey that I've noticed through doing this over the years of where people's focus is as they move through the journey of, of learning how to communicate persuasively. And so the first level is basically where they're focused on themselves. And, you know, that's that classic presentation of uh, maybe you're at work and you have to get up and present to the board and you were just freaking out. Like you're completely asking yourself questions like, will that, will I be good enough? Will people like me? All those sort of questions. And when you're thinking that, what for you, Sigrun, what do you think would come up when you're thinking that? Oh, I'm worried about, uh, you know, how do I look with my dress or whatever, I guess, basic questions. Yeah. You're like, you're in self, uh, you're in fear, essentially, right? You're you're nervous, you're in fear, you're you're self-focused. The second level is what I call intuition. Now, intuition, it's not like, it's not intuition that it's untrained intuition. And so untrained intuition is where you've got to the point where you feel kind of comfortable in your own skin. And now you're getting up and you're speaking, but you've had no training on the right structure for what to follow. And so it's like you're confident in yourself, but you actually haven't had training in how to actually do it. And so you get up there and what happens is you'll start speaking, you'll get into it. And then uh, the classic one is, you know, you get five minutes in and then you start feeling a bit, a bit confused about where you're going with your content. And then the audience starts getting a bit confused. And what happens here is you end up getting indecision in your audience and it's inconsistent. And so maybe some webinars go really well and they say, well, some webinars don't because you actually don't have a system. And so that's the second level is intuition. The third level is what I call structure. And so that is where you actually learn, learn the process of how to speak in a way that sells. And so that's about how to actually build and design your presentation. And so that's what most people come to me for at the start. They're like, oh, I need the structure. They think they need the structure, right? And yes, that is like the foundation. But the next level is the craft. And the craft, and this is especially if you're, you know, if you think about a live presentation, it's about how you move your body. And it's about how you use your tone on a webinar. It's about how you tell your stories. It's about the questions you ask. It's all of the artful manner inside of things. And so structure gives you clarity where stagecraft gives you real confidence because you know you can engage the audience, you can get people moving, it becomes a conversation. But then everything shifts above this. And that is the next focus is actually where it's focused on the audience. It's on them. And this is actually a mindset shift. And you realize that your presentation literally has nothing to do with you. Uh, It's like this podcast has actually nothing to do with us right now. It has everything to do with the person right now who's listening, which is you. It's the person who's listening right now. And so the podcast uh, right now has nothing to do with us. And so when you have this revelation that your speech, your presentation, your webinar literally has nothing to do with you, then you design it completely different. 
and you start speaking to, to them, you start whispering the words that they actually need to hear and they go, wow, you know, Sigrun gets me, Colin gets me. And then you start really getting connection on this level, deep resonance, deep connection. And the highest level that you can go to is where you're in purpose. And purpose is where you uh, think about some of the greatest, you know, speeches of all time. And so I think about like a Martin Luther King, like I have a dream. You look at what he was, the, the, what he was speaking from was a sense of purpose and what he accessed was conviction. And so when, when you can completely um, feel congruent about the purpose that is on your life and the purpose that is in the presentation even, um, if you can't work out your life, that's fine. At least the presentation and, and the purpose behind why you want to serve people, all of a sudden the presentation goes even bigger than the audience. It becomes about the legacy that you're trying to create on the planet, which I know you've really tapped in over the last probably 12 months to 18 months or so. I've been watching you, Sigrun, tap into that. And so that's great. And so when you tap into that purpose, you speak from conviction. And conviction is one of the most converting energies that you can have. And so because people want, they want the certainty that you're carrying. They want to buy into that certainty. And that is where you get real influence is when you, your communication goes beyond you. It goes beyond even the audience. And it ta they buy into the bigger vision of what you're projecting for their life, for your life and the lives beyond that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's very powerful. And that basically, is that like the evolution of someone who wants to go on that journey or, or how do you see this happen for someone? Can you train all of this or are just some people meant to be at the top and others not? <laughs> you can definitely train it. So uh, this is definitely something that you can learn. And so what I find is the first four levels, so focus on self, focus on intuition, focus on structure, and then focus on craft. They're all like training levels a lot of the time. But on the highest level, it's, it's a being level. It's where you're there for absolute service. You've, you've got past the fact that you're you know, self-conscious of, your, of yourself and you're actually in service. And one of, the, one of the revelations I've had as well is that when you feel an absolute congruence around your products, like I think about Somba, you know, when you feel an absolute congruence around the fact that it genuinely transforms people's lives, you have a moral obligation to sell it. Like if you don't sell it, you're actually kind of doing wrong in the world. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes, and absolutely. Feel that conviction. That's what I'm talking about. That's the purpose level. And so that is an evolution that you go on in the journey that I usually take people through in uh, Self and Stage Academy. And, and they kind of, they move through that journey to find their purpose. Mm. Yeah. And I think it goes beyond that. Like, you know, Samba was created in January 2017, and uh, you know now I'm planning a, a big conference in Iceland in 2020. Samba is my vehicle, yes, uh, and that's how I help people transform. But I was put on this planet for a bigger purpose than creating an online course or online program or doing some masterminds. Uh, so stepping into that, I, I felt very connected to that, sharing that. It's beyond. I guess you need to satisfy certain needs in your life first before you can come to that level. Or at least that's how I, I feel about my progress. It's like, okay, now I'm not worried about income or things like that. Now, now I can really go after my true purpose. Yeah, because you're kind of in survival mode at the start. You know, you're trying to make ends meet. Absolutely. 
And then once you meet all those, you know, it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs. And so once you meet those basic needs, then you can definitely transition to that self-actualization, which is that tapping into purpose. And so that's why I think, you know, the journey usually goes from, firstly, people normally learn structure. They come to me for structure and then they learn the craft and then they actually make that shift of, wow, it's really not about me. And then the final one is that it's about the purpose. And that's their own journey of what they discover um, through, through that evolutionary process. I absolutely love that, Colin. Ah, that's so powerful stuff. So uh, where do people find you online? Yes, so uh, we I love to connect on Instagram, which is just Colin Boyd with one L. Yeah, C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D. And you can check out my website, which is uh, colinboyd.co, just .co. I couldn't get the .com because there is a uh, country music artist uh, who will <laughs> who's traveling <laughs> the US uh, who will not give you the .com, but... Uh, Bless his soul. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll link to all of this in the show notes. And I know you have an amazing uh, freebie for us. Well, something about stories to sell. Yeah. Well, I think that if you know how to tell your signature story effectively, like we talked about how the purpose of a story is not to tell a story, is to transfer a belief. If you know how to tell a, a signature story and transfer that belief, you don't even have to sell anymore because your story sells for you. And so working out your signature story is one of the most important things in your sales journey, in your business journey. And so a client asked me recently, they said, hey Colin, how do I find out my signature story? And so what I did is I, I was like, rather than just tell you, I'm gonna sit down and I created this like really in-depth guide around how to find your story, how to craft it, how to design it. There's actually three core elements that need to be involved in a story. And so I created this guide. It's called the Stories That Sell Guide. And you can grab it at colinboyd.co forward slash story. Great. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So that's the number of this episode. Signal.com forward slash the number of this episode. And there we'll find all the links to Colin as well. Thank you for coming back on the show, Colin. I'm sure this is not your last time. (laughs) I appreciate it, Sigrun. You're amazing. Go to signal.com forward slash 305 and there you find links to Colin Boyd and the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in the next episode.